Hello, welcome to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. I'm your host, Christy Ritz-King, trauma therapist, maternal mental health specialist, and mom of three. I have met so many incredible women through the various careers I've had over the years, and no matter where they are along their motherhood journey, they are powerful, they are brave, they are successful in their lives. And none of that matters because they all ask the same question at least once. And that is, am I a bad mom because fill in the blank. There are any number of ways to fill in that blank. And our mission with this podcast is to provide you all of the reasons why the answer to that question is unequivocally no. Every single time, no matter what, the answer is no, you are not a bad mom. And we're here today to show you exactly why. So welcome. We can't wait to help you feel better about the parent and the person that you are. Let's go. Welcome back to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. We are here for our year-end episode, and so we're going to keep things light (laughs) today because, first of all, congratulations, you made it through 2023, and that is no easy feat for anybody, anybody, full stop. I was going to say anybody raising kids, but quite frankly, anybody, full stop. It's no easy feat to make it through the year. So congratulations. Give yourselves a little pat on the back. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you've even made it through most of the holidays. We're still waiting on New Year's Day, I believe, but actually this might be New Year's Day. I'm not exactly sure when I'm recording. I know when I'm recording. I'm not sure when you'll hear this, but I'm pretty sure it might be New Year's Day. So we're going to talk about year-end stuff. We're going to talk, really, this is just going to be kind of one big, long me time episode. It's a little self-indulgent. I get to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is Hallmark holiday movies. (laughs) And we're going to talk about some year-end sort of closeout rituals that might be helpful. So let's dive right in. First, let me discuss with you the art and science of Hallmark holidays. (laughs) So I don't know how familiar you are. I don't know if you are a listener uh, of or a viewer of Hallmark Holidays. Maybe you're a viewer of all the Hallmarks in all the land. I don't know. For myself, probably 2015, maybe I was, yeah, maybe holidays of 2014, I think. I was finishing up a graduate degree, my second one, my my second master's. And it was the first time I had had any time. Actually, I don't even know if I had time off. I think I was supposed to be finishing the semester and I just decided I had time off. My second master's degree, I went 12 months a year, 50 weeks a year, I think. We had two weeks off, but it was not around the holidays. It was like arbitrary weeks in between when, I don't know, it was like weird times off. I was pretty burnt out is the bottom line. And I don't even know how. I think I just got sick of watching football on Sundays with my husband because he, at that point, we don't live near where our team is. And so we had that red zone thing that you could pay for on cable. I don't know if you're familiar, but it was like they just, so the red zone in football is the like scoring and coloring books. I had decided that coloring was going to be the thing that saved me. (laughs) So sitting there coloring while watching, and I should put watching in quotes because the movies were on, but I was mostly coloring and sort of tuned in every once in a while to these Hallmark movies, mostly because the hype had begun, but not really. It was really more friends of mine that were still online influencers were talking about them. And so I was like, all right, I want to watch some of these things. And they were like mindless, easy, predictable, They did not require anything from my brain, which I had just spent two and a half years in school doing really hard things. And so it was kind of a nice release to just color some pretty pictures of flowers and watch these movies that needed your brain not at all. 
And then I got through the whole season and realized like this was, and by season, I mean, I probably started this ritual in like December, every Sunday of December, essentially back then. Now I think they start in like October. <laughs> anyway, I got through it. And then the next Christmas season rolls around and I am feeling like, gosh, I felt really good last year doing this. So I'm going to like get into it again. And then at that point, one of my youngest friends was watching them with his mom. And so we, he would come sometimes come join me. Like it just became sort of this kind of part joke, part like predictable ritual in our house around the season that we would be watching these movies. I then started recording them on a DVR because I got sick of commercials because it really was the only thing I watched on regular television at that point was these movies. So I was like not used to having to watch commercials anymore. So I started recording them and then I would be like a week behind everybody else. I would watch the ones from the week before. I never watched them at the right time because like who I wasn't like available on Saturday night to watch a brand new movie. So I always saw replays. As the years have gone on, it is still a thing in 2022, not this current year, but it got worse this year. But I think it was last year was the first time I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm starting to understand the tropes or I'm starting to understand the criticism of these movies. This whole idea that like a woman leaves her high power job and moves to this small town and falls in love with the Christmas tree farmer or like whatever. They were always there, but I was just kind of not really diving in. I didn't expect cinematic masterpieces, nor did I expect any great social commentary from these things. So it always kind of struck me as funny when people would mock the movies for their just predictability and like tropes or whatever. And then it kind of one year started actually, I started oh, not sinister, but I definitely had a moment of like, is there like a weird like underlying message here that even though it seems so obvious on the screen, this idea that like the traditional marriage is the thing that makes you so happy. Like I got that. I understood it, but I think I just didn't think anything of it. Like nobody was really taking this to mean anything. I think the world just beat me down so much that I got like cynical about it and was like, oh, I think maybe they've lost their luster because I'm tired of suspending reality to think this woman just left a really good <laughs> job in the city that actually she didn't even hate. She liked it fairly well. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Now I remember there was a movie about a woman who was a very successful like real estate flipper, like house flipper. And she goes home to like her hometown and helps her sister, I think. I don't remember the full details, but whatever the case, she's still doing the same thing. She's still flipping houses. And somehow the deal she signed right before she left to go to her hometown, this guy ends up being like a sinister like developer who's going to change the whole town's face. And this particular movie, not that that was so outlandish, but meaning outlandish, like this is like the plot of probably 30 of the 50 movies that are on this year. But for some reason, this particular one, I was like, wow, they are really stretching to make this woman leave her career. <laughs> They've just created this villain almost out of thin air so that she has an excuse to leave her career and move home and marry this other guy who wants to turn it into an inn or something. And I found myself angry. <laughs> I was like, oh no, now it's ruined this like pastime I had where I could just kind of turn my brain off and watch these movies. It's like, I can't turn my brain off anymore because now I see what they really are and it's frustrating to me and whatever. Not being one to steal other people's joy. I was like, I'm not saying a word about this because I don't want anybody else to not be watching. Like love these movies all you want, do what you want. But I did start to notice a bunch of things like a couple years ago, they decided that they needed to be diverse, which I'm not 
this is not the problem I have. They're right. They do need to be diverse, but they just are so ham-handed about it. They'll be like, the Jewish movie, (laughs) the movie with people of color, (laughs) the movie. So like, rather than just diversifying the casts that they already have or the movies that they already have, they were like, okay, we need a movie about Hanukkah. Check. Okay. We need a movie with black people. Check. Like they just did it so poorly. That I'm laughing because it was like, oh, Hallmark, we see exactly what you're trying to do and you're not doing such a great job about it. And so that was add that to the list of things I started to notice that I was like, oh, boy, these movies might actually be problematic more than fun. Again, I didn't say anything because I'm like other people should love it. And I still watch them from time to time. I just have a more difficult time choosing the ones that I like now. And another thing happened in all of these years of me and my Hallmark journey. Netflix started creating at least one or two a season. And I kind of discovered that by accident. A few years ago, I was baking cookies. We don't have a TV in our kitchen, but I wanted to stream. I wanted Christmas movies. And I was like, I have no way of watching Hallmark in my kitchen. This is at the time. This is years ago. And I happened to find a holiday movie on Netflix. And so now I've realized, and maybe they've been doing it all along, but I've realized like at least one a year, they create a new movie and they are a thousand times better. Like the quality of the movie is better. The actors are usually people you recognize, not just from those movies. The stories usually, I mean, they're still holiday movies, so they're tropey, but they're just less tropey, if that makes sense. And so that happened also, and I've started looking for those. They don't produce them in nearly the volume that Hallmark does, though. So you're not getting like two to four new ones every weekend. That said, it's always nice to include a couple of those. So my point is, I still watch them. They are still a fun, like, escape for me most of the time. I just now turn them off a little more than I used to. I don't stick it out if I'm not pulled in right away. So I'm going to share some of them with you that I have been pulled in right away. Like I have an all-time favorite on here. I have an all-time favorite that I can't remember the name of, but I also have an all-time favorite I do know the name of. And then I have some from the year 2023 that I really liked too, that you can definitely go back and find because they'll play them through New Year's. But yeah, anyway, that's my Hallmark history. (laughs) That is my journey with the Hallmark movies. It is how I've come sort of not quite full circle because I'm still watching them, but I'm much more discerning on which ones I watch. Ironically, I often really like the ones that they put in there for diversity's sake. Like the Hanukkah ones are still, they're just not great because they're they're so contrived. Like I know they're all contrived, but they just try so hard for the Hanukkah ones that I'm like, this is hard to watch. Like it's <laughs> it's hard to not feel bad about it when you're watching it. Yeah. So, but the ones that they're getting a little better. I noticed in 2023, they had much more diverse casts in all of the movies. It wasn't just like, oh, here's one movie about people of color or, you know, to throw in here this season. They're a little more diverse within the cast. They still have a problem with the Hanukkah piece, but they're getting there. Hopefully they'll get there next year. But I noticed sort of overall, they're getting better at having diverse casts in all the movies instead of just saying like, here's our diverse cast and putting all the people of color in one movie. That's getting a little better. It's not great yet, but it's getting better. So let me share some of my faves with you. So this year I watched, there are four really, I guess, this year on Hallmark. And then I have one Netflix one for you too. Four on, oh no, five. I just remembered another one, (laughs) which actually might be my favorite that I have not only watched all the way through, but actually enjoyed the whole time. A lot of that is because of cast, 
Like, I will be honest, I'm a little bit drawn toward certain actors and actresses that I just like. And so their movies always seem to be a little bit higher quality to me than the others. Not everyone. One of these on here, I didn't know anybody in and it was just cute. But the one that I forgot to put on my list that I'm just now remembering was Christmas at... Oh, I'm going to forget the name of the place because it's the big, huge, beautiful hotel manor thing in Asheville, North Carolina. The Biltmore. Christmas at the Biltmore was just on and it had Bethany Joy Lenz, who is from One Tree Hill fame. And then the actor, I'm not going to remember his name, but he's dreamy and adorable and has been in a couple other TV shows I've liked in the past. And so it's silly and as tropey as tropey gets, there's time travel involved. <laughs> it's silly. But it's just beautifully shot because it's at the Biltmore and it is, you know, two really great actors that you just love to see. So that was a fun one. The other one with two actors that you love to see, speaking of throwbacks from TV shows of old, is it was called A Merry Scottish Christmas. Also so silly, and but also beautiful because I, I don't know if it was shot on site or not. Usually I Google like, where was this filmed? And they're almost all in Canada. But I think this one maybe was actually at this castle that they're supposed to be in. If not, they did a really great job pretending it was. It was a really pretty movie. And it has Lacey Chabay and Scott Wolf from Party of Five. So, and they're still brother and sister. So don't worry. I know a lot of people got very nervous when they saw the ad for this movie that they were somehow going to be romantically involved. And we all were a little creeped out because <laughs> we know them as brother and sister from this TV show of our youth. But no, they are still brother and sister. So never fear. It's not creepy. And this one does a really funny job. Hallmark, one thing they have gotten good at is kind of like sort of quietly poking fun at themselves in some of these movies. So like recognizing the tropes and like talking about silly things that happen in every single movie, they'll sort of reference it. And this does a good job of that. Like there's a guy in it as like an extra, like a just a very tiny character who was in another movie with Lacey Chabay and they do like a oh, you look so familiar kind of thing, which is cute. Like they've definitely gotten a little lighter about they know who they are and they know what they produce. And so they've gotten a little cute about including that in some of their movies. So that one's called Merry Scottish Christmas. And then the other ones were just fun. They were just fun. They were the some of the better storylines and some of the better acting and some of the better shot like my husband even watched one of a part of one of them with me and he goes this actually looks like a real movie <laughs> can tell you how we feel about them generally speaking but that one was called I think Holiday Road was that one and then there's a cute one called Navigating Christmas where they go and take over a an old lighthouse it's cute and then Holiday Hotline which is again I don't recognize any of the actors in any of these but Holiday Hotline was is about a woman who runs like the turkey hotline and ends up, as you do, ends up falling in love with some guy who calls in. Those three, those last three that I just mentioned, are a little more traditional hallmarky in that they're tropey and cute. And although my brother would be disappointed, I don't think there's a gazebo in a single one of them. <laughs> he always talks about the gazebo in the holiday in the Hallmark movies. So I don't think any of these had a gazebo in them. But Merry Scottish Christmas and uh, Christmas at the Biltmore are a little more. I don't know, high quality maybe, but definitely actors you recognize, which is always fun. I have a favorite one called Crown for Christmas, which I tend toward any royal ones because they're so fake that you can completely suspend belief. And so I don't worry about feminist self getting angry that the woman's giving up her career or something, or you know, one of those things. I'm like, oh, it's a prince. Great. They're going to get married and she'll live in a castle and it's good times. Like I just, I'm all in on the royal ones. 
But Crown for Christmas is a few years ago. It's Danica McKellar from TV when we were kids. And yeah, it's cute. It's pretty shot. The prince is gorgeous. So he's nice to look out for an hour and 15 minutes. But that's cute. And, and that's always on. It, it's from, I want to say like 2017 or 2018 or something, but it's always on. <laughs> so in the daytime, you can find it whenever. So you could probably find it today if you go on there. It's called Crown for Christmas. That's an all-time favorite. Hey, listener. If you appreciate what you get here as far as support and camaraderie and feeling like you're not alone, then I think you should really check out the Women of Wonder community that I run. It is exactly that. It is a community full of support and camaraderie and you are not aloneness. It is meant to replace the old fashioned Facebook groups that we used to love before it got so mean and snarky and Facebooky. It is a place where you can ask the questions you have, where you can share the joys and share the sorrows and expect a supportive response, non-judgmental response. We meet weekly via Zoom. So we have people from all over the world that come and join us. And there are other supports like newsletters and uh, message boards and all of the things that you can and want and need in your life to provide you that support and scaffolding to help do this job we call motherhood. Check it out on my website, wonderinkwellness.com. It's called the Women of Wonder Community. And you can sign up today and get two months free if you do a year subscription. If you have any questions, again, always send me an email, but I would love to see you inside. There's another one that I never remember the name of. My daughter always has to tell me. It's about a woman who's like a gift buyer. Like that's her job. She like buys gifts. And this is like from the very first year I started watching them because it's very stereotypical where he's like this tough guy, businessman who hires her to be his gift buyer and they end up falling in love and it's adorable. But I can never remember the name of that one because there's like four that have something about like a gift for Christmas or gift <laughs> gift giving for Christmas that the title is the same and it, I never pick the right one. So forget that one. I'll, if I think of it, I'll put it in the show notes. But And then on Netflix this year, there's a movie called Best Christmas Ever with Brandy and that's cute. Again, these are holiday movies, so they're not like cinematic masterpieces, but they're fun. They're fun and they're family-ish and they're cute. And in this one, it's like the Brandy character writes these like amazing holiday letters about their family and all the amazing holiday adventures. And then her friend, her old friend, Jason Biggs is in it. Like there's actors that you recognize in this one. They end up sort of accidentally at each other's, at Brandy's house during the holiday. And so it's this whole wackiness ensues kind of movie, but it's cute. It's a good, it's worth 90 minutes of your time. All right. That's my holiday. I mean, 20 minutes I spent on Hallmark movies. So... Like I told you, it was a self-indulgent episode, but we are going to talk about some year-end closeout rituals that I have amassed over the years from different coaches and different programs I've been in, different goal-setting seminars I've attended, different things like that, networking events, things like that. I tend to try to find a day. The week between the Christmas holiday and New Year's Eve is a little busy around here. We have a birthday to celebrate because we live close to New York. We tend to try to get into the city at least one day. We have visitors that come see us on Christmas. So they're here usually a day or two later. So it's a very packed week. That said, I try to take at least one morning to myself with a cup of coffee and either sitting by my like little space heater fireplace thing, or like I've got a candle lit and I'm in my office. I try to make this ritually. We talked a little bit about rituals in another episode. And I try on this New Year's time to have some sort of year end ritual. So it's not a goal setting ritual. I will 
talk another time about how I don't really love New Year's resolutions. And I feel like the pressure to do that, especially that last week of the year can be counterproductive. And so I don't really have like a, let me look into the new year and let me plan the first quarter or any of that. It's more of a like, how do I say goodbye to this year ritual? And I sit with a journal, I sit with a cup of coffee, I sit with some good music on my Spotify. Maybe I light a candle, maybe I pull a card, maybe I do some of that kind of ritual stuff. But really what I do is I answer a few questions, which is, what do I want more or less of? From a business perspective, I've heard this as what's working and what's not working. You could do that for your life too. What was working, what's not working in my life. What do I want more of next year? What do I want less of next year? That's kind of what I do. My friend Brittany Ross from years ago was on this podcast and talked about that. In fact, I'll try to link to that episode because I'm pretty sure she does a bunch of financial year end stuff. That's great too in that podcast. But just generally speaking for my life, I sit and write about what do I want more of? What do I want less of? And I really think it's important in this part to not just talk, write about things or events, but really like, how do you want to feel? What do you want to feel more of, to continue feeling, to try to feel more of? And what do you want less of in your life, feelings wise? To me that, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm a psychologist, so of course I'm going to go there. But I think it's really important to put feelings to any of this, to goals, to events, to even to stuff like why? If you want more money, why? What is it going to change for you? What's it going to make you feel differently or or continue to feel that's good? What trips have I taken? What events have been happening? How did I rest? Like, what are the cup fillers from this year that I want to either bring into next year or I just want to acknowledge as like, that was great and I'm so grateful for it. Do you have any big audacious goals? I want to buy a new house. I want to go on a trip for three weeks, I want to do whatever. Don't get into the nitty gritty of them. This is not a time for, this is not a time for goal setting. It's just a time for closing out. So do you have any big audacious goals for the year ahead? And did you actually have any big audacious goals at the beginning of this year that you can acknowledge now? So maybe if your goal was to buy a house in 2023, acknowledge that, acknowledge if you did it and acknowledge if you didn't, why not? Was it because it wasn't the time because you realized you actually didn't want to go into that kind of debt. And so therefore you're actually happier now. It really helps to sort of take inventory of that stuff. We often, we don't give ourselves credit for the things we didn't do. So if my big audacious goal was to buy a house and I didn't buy a house, I could very easily get stuck in the loop of like, oh, I just didn't accomplish my goal. I didn't buy a house. Instead of looking at it and saying like, well, actually I didn't buy a house because interest rates are at an all-time high. It wasn't a great financial decision. And also I realized I'm perfectly happy in this condo that I rent and I don't need a house. And it actually would have added more of a burden to me. So I made this really smart decision to not do it. There's See what a huge difference there is between, oh, I didn't accomplish my goal and here's all the reasons why my life is actually better for it. If we get stuck in the I didn't accomplish my goal part, we lose track of all the stuff we should be giving ourselves credit for. So when you ask yourself, do I have any big audacious goals for the next year? Just write them down. Don't even talk about why you want them. Just write them down because you're acknowledging what you want next, but you don't need to make it an actual like achievable goal yet. We'll get there. But for now, look at what do I have for next year and what did I have at the beginning of this year and what was the result? Did I do it? Or if not, how come? Because I could probably 
I will bet you you're going to feel just as good about the not part as you are about the part that you did. And then the last part is with those big audacious goals, are there any realistic desires? (laughs) And I'm not saying that big audacious goals aren't realistic, but it helps to look at sometimes these like big things and look at some of the things that could be changed like this afternoon that are better. If you go all the way back to the beginning of your more of less of list, is there anything on that list that you could change immediately? Maybe it's just like, I want less clutter. Well, when I walk in the door, this has actually happened to me. I'll give you this. Like, I want less clutter when I walk in the door. Well, you know what I did? I bought a cabinet for the front door, like a bench that has a cabinet. (laughs) So the sum total of clutter is probably exactly the same, but I don't have to see it because there's now a cabinet I can stick it all in. So that's what I mean by do you have any realistic desires? Because if I can say to myself, man, I'd really like to start off 2024 with less clutter in my entryway and then be like, oh, here's a big, huge basket that I can just put everything in. Like my life is so much better and it didn't require a whole lot. So that's what I mean by realistic desires. Or is there anything that you know that you could change almost immediately that would make your life easier, feel better, happier, clearer, less cluttery, whatever? What's working? What's not working? What do I want to bring with me into 2024? And what am I leaving behind? What are my cup fillers? What have been this year? So then you kind of know what you want to take. What are my big audacious goals? What were my big audacious goals? And what came of them? And then do I have any realistic desires, things, small things I can do quickly that would change my life? So those are your closeout rituals. Congratulations for making it this far into the year. If you're a Hallmark movie person, have at the ones I just suggested. If you're a Hallmark movie person and you've seen them or you have favorites, send me a message. I'd love to know. Or you can go on my Instagram at Dr. C. Ritz King and send me a DM. I love to know these things. It's fun. I'll go look for it and watch it next year. If you want to check out the Netflix one, check out that movie too. And when you get some a moment to yourself or make the time to get a moment to yourself over this next couple of weeks and do some 2023 closeout ones. Congratulations for making it this far. I'm very proud of you. And I hope that this helps you understand that the answer to the question at My Bad Mom is always no. Cheers. Happy New Year. I'll see you in the next calendar year. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you heard something today that made you feel better about your parenting and about yourself. Remember, if you have a moment, we would love a review. It helps more people to hear about us. If you like the episode, share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe so that you know when it's going to drop every single week. Thanks again. Until next time, keep asking those same questions and know that the answer to am I a bad mom is always no. Thank you.